Well, welcome everybody to another Cyber Redevelop podcast. So glad you could join us today uh, for another session where we talk about all things cybersecurity. We're going to do a little bit of news today, but this is the stuff that affects, um, you know, probably our work, uh, the businesses that we do business with, maybe give our money to or information to. It certainly affects us at home and our families and whatnot. So um, we're going to uh, talk about news stories today. So kind of check out what's in the news. There are a couple of interesting one, the ones in terms of hacking and stuff that have recently come out. So we'll kind of think about those. If you learn something from this podcast, if you find it to be interesting, please share. Uh, love to get the word out there and spread the news about this podcast. And, and hopefully you can provide some, provide some value. Feel free to add some comments and tell us how we can do better. Or, you know, if you don't like it, tell us that too, and, and we'll try to improve. All right. So um, the first story that I thought we could talk about is um, one about uh, Fortinet. So Fortinet is a pretty popular firewall out there. And there's a it's kind of like an ecosystem firewall or, you know, UTM, Universal Threat Management. So it's got a lot of different things built in. And uh, very recently, uh, there was a zero day uh, flaw that showed up, uh, meaning that the the manufacturer Fortinet has had no time to deal with this, and uh, they are now, uh, you know, this this is actively being exploited, and uh, it's also believed that this comes from uh, China. That uh, someone in China is basically kind of doing this. So I'm just uh, looking at one of these articles. This one's from the Hacker News, and it basically says Chinese hackers exploited recent Fortinet flaw, and and it allows them to drop malware, which is kind of the interesting thing. Uh, it, this comes from Mandiant. So this article is a little bit of this and that, I guess. But uh, this piece that they're talking about here comes from Mandiant. You might know who Mandiant is. Uh, Kevin Mandia created uh, Mandiant, uh, and uh, it was later bought by Symantec, I think. Um, anyway, um, they're saying this is typical of China that basically exploits internet-facing devices. So we have uh, uh, you know firewalls and whatnot. They can they kind of do this safely from within China. There's really nothing we can do as long as we can't shut the internet off to China. So uh, so they're basically hitting these devices and exploiting them. And like uh, I mentioned, you can drop a piece of malware through this uh, uh, zero day on the Fortinet. They are able to use a sophisticated backdoor called Bold Move, which is a Linux variant. And it's uh, designed to basically run on, on Fortinet's FortiGate firewalls. So there are a lot of those out there. We have clients who use uh, FortiGates and uh, FortiGate. Uh, manager and all this kind of stuff, you know, uh, as well as uh, the SSL VPN and so on and so forth. So this is definitely interesting. This is kind of one of those things that we need to look out for. If you have uh, clients or customers that use Fortinet as their firewall, definitely I would alert them to this thing going on um, because uh, given that it's sitting on the on the internet, you know, they're probably just scanning away for any sort of any devices out there that have this, they're, they're probably being pretty indiscriminate. So the other thing this thing is is doing is once it's basically gotten itself dropped in there, it's uh, it's basically sitting there as a bot, if you will, and just waiting for commands uh, to be told, uh, sent to it, you know, do this, do that. So it's kind of a command and control structure as opposed to a virus that, that sort of runs on its own and, and spreads on its own. This is designed to give someone remote access and, and control over that that device. So very interesting stuff. The other thing that uh, you may have uh, discovered or heard about um, was the the manage engine uh, exploit. So it started going wild 
And um, and we saw anyone that has Manage Engine, you know, uses it for whether it's ticketing or managing patching and rollabilities uh, might have gotten hit by that. So we're starting off uh, the year strong, of course, and um, definitely pay attention to these kinds of things um, if they're, you know, in your backyard. So what else are we seeing in the news here? Uh, we got some updates to NIST's cybersecurity framework. That's cool. I've been looking for that for a while. We use that quite a bit with our clients where we um, use it basically as a framework to both uh, assess the organization to see how they perform against the framework, but also use it to help organizations figure out how they're supposed to manage themselves. So we are often using that as a as a tool. So we've got some new up, updates to that. I'm excited about that. You know, for anyone that works with it, they might already know this, but it was really designed or it's it's uh, geared, I guess, uh, biased towards um, operational technology or ICS industrial control systems. And so many of the things, if you've used the framework, you'll uh, notice that there are things that kind of go like, well, that doesn't really pertain to me or work in our environment. And that's because that framework really was intended to or designed around what you might need in an industrial control systems environment. So things like supply chain, security and whatnot um, just might be a little bit weird for you. And so uh, my hope, at least, is that this update kind of makes it a little bit more mainstream. That's yet to be de determined. But uh, again, we're now we now have CSF 2.0. And the two primary frameworks that we really like are the CIS CSC, Critical Security Controls, from the Center for Internet Security. It used to be the Consensus Audit Guideline. Before that, it started as the SANS Top 20. Um, but it has it has advanced and matured quite a bit. And I think we're seeing that the NIST cybersecurity framework is also you know, moving forward. But honestly, these days, if you're trying to pick a framework, you might find yourself sort of struggling to decide which one. Like so many things, like help uh, self-help books and whatnot, like None of them really are bad on their own, uh, or maybe even perfect. It, it, the issue is not necessarily that the framework is is not the right one or is not exactly perfect for what you're doing. The, the bigger issue is just to pick one and decide to stick with it. And that's why I use that analogy with uh, the self-help books. If you've ever dealt with self-help books, there are so many different out there, You know, so many different ones out there. You could read about this, do this, do that, whatever. And none of them are really... Uh, wrong and and probably all of them work whether it's trying to lose weight or or being more uh, aware of your time management or, or better at time management being more disciplined balancing work and life whatever it is all of those self-help books they all essentially work as long as you stick to them and I think that's one of the challenges we have at least here in the western world is we're kind of sort of chasing that I don't know silver bullet or magic pill that we can sort of take and suddenly all these things that they talk about in the book will will go away. Uh, and likewise, the, the security frameworks out there, none of them are any good if you don't actually implement them and use them and stick to them. And, and that takes, you know, three really, three important things. Uh, it takes focus, it takes consistency, uh, and discipline. So focus is, hey, I'm going to stick with this framework and not try to do ISO and CIS and if you're in healthcare, high tech, HIPAA, you know, trying to sort of mishmash it together, but really saying, hey, we're going to pick one and we're going to get good at this. It takes a discipline, meaning that you keep pushing those standards, you keep pushing those practices 
and you uh, teach your organization, the people that you work with, to to go away from the 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 one offs and the no, we're we're just we we're just making this quick change here. We don't need to log it through change control. Uh, no, all things need to go through change control, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That, that's that's where the discipline comes in, and then consistency. You know that that uh, you have the same. Uh, you know, whether it's documents or wording or uh, consistency, and even in the way you treat, let's say, executives to to people lower down the company. I probably talked about this at least once or twice, if not five times in the past. The, the Sarbanes-Oxley standard actually has a concept in it called tone at the top. Uh, and this relates to that. It, it's kind of the world we live in in cybersecurity. And that is, you know, if if we make exceptions for the executives in the company, CEO, CFO, people, you know, up there, they're allowed to do things that quote unquote the the average person, the the just the peon in the company is not allowed to do. Then we set a tone at the top that basically will affect the whole culture of the, of the organization. If uh, uh, if the the CEO is allowed to have a password called password, well, guess what? You know, everyone's going to have weak passwords. So we all need to live by the same standards, and that's what that concept comes from. And that's where that consistency comes in as well, that we have, you know, one standard. Or if we have two, there's a business justification, not just simply, oh, the executives need special, you know, white glove treatment or some crap like that. Um, you know, security just doesn't work like that. And the, these Chinese guys hacking away here, they don't care. Uh, in fact, they're happy if they can get those idiots at the top of your company. All right. What else do we have? Let's see. So I do, one of the things I do, and this is something you guys could do out there too, is use Google Alerts. So if there's anything that you're particularly interested in, you can set up this Google Alert. And uh, so here's one of mine. I get this daily, but it's called ransomware. Uh, so my alert is basically anything that, you know, any news article, something out there with ransomware, I get an alert. So this is mine for today. And I check these, you know, look at them every day. Well, we got Taco Bell. <laughs> they, uh, they talk about uh, data that was stolen during uh, a ransom attack. This is not, uh, this didn't happen yesterday. So let's see, this attack happened. Uh, let's see, mm, looking for it. I'm not seeing it here, but I think this is just kind of the analysis from it. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, here's an interesting one. Ransomware attack cuts a thousand ships off from shore servers. Uh, this is very interesting. Um, so this comes from Norway, my country, actually. Uh, I'm going to be going there next week. So this is cool. Norwegian maritime risk management business is getting a lessons uh, <laughs> in the ransomware attack that forced its ship manager software offline. And so a thousand ships uh, had no connection to their onshore servers. Uh, you might not know this, but ships these days, uh, you know, they they operate off of GPS and programs and stuff like that. Pretty much like everything does, you know, everything's gotten automated. But here's a tool. Here's a here's a weakness. So yeah, look look at this. <laughs> uh, more than seven thousand vessels by three hundred customers uh, use Ship Manager, and, and so this was uh, this was these were affected. I guess Ship Manager is a software as a service type tool. I'm not familiar with it. Th this is something you're going to see over and over again. This sort of centralization of IT management, let's say, and that when those systems get attacked, kind of like we saw a couple of years ago with those supply chain attacks. That you know they had this they had this effect not just on a specific target but everyone that uses the software. In this case, you know it was Solar Winds, for example. We saw it with Exchange with Kaseya. Um, this is 2021. You know where instead of attacking 
unindividual organization with whatever weakness in the software, they attacked the software, it got into all these different organizations. This is a little bit like that, where it's it's sort of in the, let's say, systems ecosystem. So there are many companies that use software as a service tools, and when they get hacked, it affects many different things. So what else? So Yum Brands, yeah, okay, that was the same as the Taco Bell KFC. If you didn't know KFC, Yum Brands, that's one company. Uh, or sorry, KFC, Burger King. No, not Burger King anymore, actually. Uh, but Taco Bell and KFC is part of Yum Brands. Pepsi, uh, I think, is there too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what else? That's all that. Yeah. A lot of, like they, yeah, Pizza Hut too. Sometimes you'll see that there are a lot of different articles kind of about the same thing. Uh, we have another one here. Hackers leak data, child abuse files after ransomware attack on the transit police. So this, this is pretty ugly. This is stuff that's supposed to be highly protected. Uh, let's see what else. So I have a Google alert on penetration testing. Uh, this one is something that I have because I just want to pay attention to the industry and what's going on. So um, uh, I just want to see what's going on there. It's, it's often a lot of marketing kind of statistics and you know various things like that. It's not my most interesting alert. But anyway, I'm not going to ramble on too much more. That's just one tool to kind of stay on top of what's going on. It's hardly a uh, threat intelligence uh, solution for you. So think of it more as how do you stay on top of, you know, what's going on in the news and, and things of that nature. Um, if there are things that you're particularly interested in, you could do it around software. Or again, if you're a, a company, you can set up an alert like this and say, hey, I want to know, you know, if you're young brands, I want to know anytime that KFC is in the news, you can set up this alert and then you'll see that. So if you see something you don't, you know, uh, wasn't expecting, you know, you, you'll be alerted at least before uh, maybe some other people. And you can also, you can you can create pretty creative alerts, meaning you can target almost any type of search term. So if you want to know, you know, how often you get up and, you know, search, uh, end up in other searches with some sort of application problem or something like that, you, you could create an alert for that as well. Okay, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And uh, and I recently, for my company anyway, set up uh, the key goals uh, or key metrics, excuse me, that we're tracking to achieve the goals that we've set for this year. So our goals this year are going to be primarily about growing. And while we've been growing nice and steadily, um, we want to try to curve up a little bit. So turn it not necessarily into a hockey stick, but at least increase our growth rate. And one of those ways is by doing more marketing, more advertising, things of that nature. It's an area that's new to us. And so we've set some goals around that to see if we're making progress towards it. Uh, instead of just simply having a, a strategy based on hope, we're looking at numbers, we're looking at the activities we're doing and so on and so forth. Now, there are a lot of different things that you might be looking at in terms of how your company's performing, or this works just as well for your department your cybersecurity program, let's say if you're the CISO. And so, so I think this is, has general applicability, but every, every business, if you will, has uh, several numbers that you can sort of look at and, and tell the health of the business. And then more specifically, kind of to my point was, well, if, you're, if you've got a particular area that you're trying to prove on, let's say if you're a CISO, it might be security awareness, then there are certain numbers that you could pay attention to there. And, um, but for a business, there's a, you know, set number of numbers that you can use. One of the common ones that you probably heard about is EBITDA, um, which is earnings before uh, taxes, interest, and depreciation, or uh, something like that, uh, close enough. Uh, and this is kind of just a financial performance number. 
But uh, we came up with, uh, we called it the six pack, but to try to make it small enough, a small enough number of of uh, KPIs, key performance indicators to look at, um, we sort of said, hey, let's come up with six. Um, I'm a pilot. Uh, there's a term in, in aviation or as a pilot, you think about the six pack, which are the six primary instruments you need to fly the plane. And so that was kind of the concept. We wrapped this around having a six pack. Um, it could be five, it could be three, it could be eight. Uh, for your organization, but the idea that you have, you know, just a few numbers that you can look at to say, are we, you know, uh, are we are we making progress towards the goal or the objective that we've set out? So kind of back to that concept that we're in 2023 at the beginning, and we're uh, we're we have still time to sort of lay out the plan uh, for the year. I would highly recommend that you know one of the ways that you can really make sure that you're going to make progress is to set some actual goals. You won't believe how many companies operate without specific goals, whether it's a revenue number or number of people uh, that they're hiring or particular services that they're going to take on or, or you know, some sort of marketing growth, whatever it is. There's so many companies that operate without actual goals, stated goals, uh, timelines, parameters around them, and so on and so forth. And probably on the cybersecurity program side, even more. I mean, how many CISOs out there really have specific numbers that they're targeting for? I would bet you it's, it's you know, a, a very small percentage of all the number of CISOs. I think a lot of CISOs end up kind of, you know, just moving things along. Uh, we have a concept in this company we call, you know, rowing around canoe. You don't know where you're going. Everyone's rowing, um, but you're kind of going in circles because there's no directionality to it. And, and I, I see that all too often. So take this time right now. Uh, with just a couple of minutes left in this podcast, you just think about what are you know uh, three things that you want to get done this year, maybe even just two that you want to achieve, and say, hey, I'm going to put you know something down. I want to you know increase the number of people that we have, or I want to bring the security awareness uh, you know click rate, if you will, phishing prone score down by so much. I want to you know, segment the network because we have a flat network and that's very risky, or I want to improve the security posture of my endpoints. And then you can define exactly what that means. Things like having better management to the endpoint patching, you know, whatever. Uh, I want to secure data. You know, I want to do a better job of doing that. You know, put something down, uh, set some parameters around it. Like you might not uh, have that as a year goal, but you might have it as a, hey, by May, I want to do these things. It might even be simply creating a plan. So sometimes we work with our organizations and, and there are big architectural changes that need to happen. The first step is really just to plan it because if you don't plan it, nothing happens. And so that might be your goal to say, hey, I need a plan for how we're going to secure our cloud environment. If you're one of those companies out there that has sort of, you know, kind of accidentally fallen into the cloud or, or get sucked up into the cloud, I guess, um, it's a lot like a tornado, in fact. <laughs> It's very narrow at the bottom, and then it sort of widens up. So you, your developers sort of do this little thing on AWS, and before you know it, it's a lot of things on AWS. And before you know that, even even more, you know, there are big applications that have moved there. And, and never once did the organization stop and say, hey, how do we manage this environment? What are the rules, the governance, if you will, for that environment? So that might be something that you take on and say, hey, I don't feel comfortable with this environment we have in the cloud, and I want to make sure that we have standards um, for how we operate in the cloud. And, and you might just have to plan that out or you can implement that and say, here's how we're going to go uh, forward on that. And you'll need some partners for that sort of stuff, for the cloud stuff, for sure. 
Um, another thing you might say is, hey, we're going to do two penetration tests this year instead of the one that we do every other year. Uh, come talk to us about that one. We're happy to help you uh, think through that. Um, and if you need anything else, uh, we do a lot of different things, but all cybersecurity, that's our focus. And uh, we'd be happy to help you guys out. Thank you for being uh, here with us again today. It's uh, always our pleasure to sort of speak to you through this medium uh, about different things in cybersecurity, a topic that I'm deeply passionate about. And uh, if you've got anything out of this today or, or not, uh, tell us about that. Uh, better yet, tell someone about the podcast. Thank you much. Take care.